will eviscerate you in fiction. Every pimple, every character flaw. I was naked for a day. You will be naked for eternity. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This is episode 134, recorded on October 1st, 2014, before we attended Geek Girl Con. And we're talking to Anne-Marie Porter about video games and health. And we'll do our wrap about how we've been geeking out this week. So stay tuned and thanks for choosing Game on Girl. Anne-Marie Porter began researching the health benefits of video games about four years ago when she started working in video game research at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. There, she studied how games can help children in hospitals manage pain during chemotherapy, injections, and other medical procedures. Anne-Marie continued her video game studies when she was accepted into the Health Psychology PhD program at UNCC. Her research examines if people's emotions and attention skills while playing a video game can improve pain management. Right now, she also plans to explore how video games can motivate people to do more physical activity and exercise. We're so excited to have you on the show, Anne-Marie. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. This is a very exciting topic to talk about uh, because I often find that people think video games are bad for you health-wise. <laughs> right, that's what everybody seems to say. Yes, that is the sort of default people go to. So I'm, I'm excited to see where we can go talking about uh, checking by your research a little bit. So how did you come to find out about Game on Girl? Well, I actually met Rhonda at this year's Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to the gender issues in video gaming panel, and she was one of the panelists. And I was really interested in the things she had to say, so I met with her after the panel, and we just connected, and she invited me on the show. Fantastic. We always love when we can connect with people at cons. Well, she said, PhD work in health and video gaming, and I couldn't resist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty epic combination, actually. (laughs) Yeah, there was was no way we were going to have time to be able to to enjoy that topic thoroughly. So I I knew we had to invite her on the show because simply saying, you know, I'm exploring video games to see how we can get people to be more physically active is, is probably the the biggest uh, people would say is a contradiction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The way Mm -hmm. most people view, view games. So Anne-Marie, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your gaming history? Oh, my personal history with games? Yeah. Well, I've been a girl gamer since I was five years old, playing Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Genesis. Nice. So that means I've been playing games for about 20 years now, and I just never stopped. Awesome. Once once the bug bit you, that was the end of it. Yep, and so when I came to college, you know, I never dreamed that you could do video game research as a career, Mm -hmm. but when I went to MAGFest, it's an annual gaming convention in Washington, D.C., I met all these researchers who worked with video games. And I said, well, this this is a real thing. This is legit. Mm-hmm. People do so, this. People yeah, really do exactly. this. <laughs> and then I decided from then on, that's exactly what I wanted to do, was just nice. study the effects of video games. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you're coming in at a really good time. Um, when I started my research, 
I think the first issue of like the journal Games and Culture had just come out. So it was just sort of getting its foothold in, in the academy to talk about games. So this is a good time, I think, to be in game studies. So, yeah, especially with it being so mainstream now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm still wondering about um, what kind of uh, platforms do you game on right now? Are you a console or a PC gamer? I started out as a console gamer. I'm a Sony fan in particular because I love JRPGs and uh, I played, grew up with Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger and a lot of those games. And uh, I've expanded onto to PC now, playing some Portal, some Fallout, uh, a couple other games I like to fiddle around with in my free time. <laughs> well, Portal, Portal and Fallout are both excellent choices. Yes. So good games. We approve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess I'm trying a... I, I played the Wii for a little bit, and I'm really interested in getting my hands on a Wii U to play the new Super Smash Brothers and the new Hyrule Warriors that just came out. Oh, yeah. I, I have a Wii U, but I, I don't have either of those yet. But I can tell you that Mario Kart 8 is fantastic. Ooh. And Raymond Legends is actually my favorite Wii U game so far. Yeah, I started with that game, too, way mm-hmm. back when it came out. That was on this Genesis, I believe, as well. I think it was, yeah. I mean, you can play it on... Actually, I don't know if you can play it. You can play it on multiple uh, platforms. Uh, it's got a special mechanic on the Wii U where you can actually have five people playing it at the same time. Um, four people on controllers and one person on the gamepad. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and the artwork is great and the music is fantastic, which always gives it that... Yay! Everything's coming together. <laughs> game feeling. <laughs> it does, yeah. Cool. So if we go back and um, I try to catch up, <laughs> which is usually the case with with me when we're talking about academia, um, which which came first? Then the, it sounds like you had a video gaming past, but whenever you decided to go to university, um, what were your original plans in your undergrad? Well, I didn't have any detailed plans laid out. I was going to try a bunch of different classes and see how I liked it. And I ended up taking a course in psychology, and I just fell in love with it. I mean, I love just learning about people. People are so unique, and they're so different. Um, There's never the same person anywhere you go. You know, There's always something new and interesting to find and learn about someone. So that's what really drew me to psychology. And one of the professors in the program, uh, this is when I was an undergraduate, was doing research with virtual reality. And the minute I heard that, I knew I had to be involved. Mm -hmm. So I talked to her, and she let me on as a research assistant, and it just went from there. What was she doing in virtual reality? I was going to ask that same question. She was the one I worked uh, under when we were studying pain, uh, children's pain. She had a pediatric psychology lab, and she was studying how using a virtual reality headset and uh, distracting children from painful procedures can help them in their pain management. Hmm. So these were for kids, you know, going through chemotherapy or going through um, certain types of injections or surgical procedures, especially ones where they had to be alert the whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a way to really calm the children down, uh, make them feel less anxious. And it also makes the parents a whole lot less anxious too if the children are more relaxed. Mm -hmm. I can see very easily how that would work. So did that that study go pretty well? Yes, we did several studies in her lab, and they all went pretty well. And all of them have shown, including my studies, that 
using a video game while you're experiencing a, a painful sensation distracts you from the pain. You actually perceive the pain less. You don't feel it as much. Interesting. And and how does that how how does that work? Or do you know how that works? Or is that part of what you're trying to figure out? Uh, I I do know how it works. I can go into the nitty gritty details if you'd like. Well, maybe not too uh, gritty, but <laughs> or nitty, <laughs> not too detailed. But I'm interested in like, like what's the process that's going on in the brain that that makes yeah. it kind of jump from okay, I'm being hurt right now to I'm not being hurt as much. Oh, okay. Well, I can give a broad overview of okay. what happens. So you can look at pain from two different perspectives. There's the actual pain sensation that you experience, like the part of your body that experiences it. Mm -hmm. But then there's the pain experience. And this experience is controlled by your brain. So let's say you, I don't know, you touch something hot with your finger. Well, that signal goes up to your brain. And then your brain decides how to process that pain signal. And that's why you have people with different pain tolerances. It's because they're feeling it differently in their, in their brains, essentially. Hmm. And so the idea is the brain can only pay attention to so many things at a time. Right. It has limited attentional resources. So if you have people do something really demanding or interactive like a video game, your brain gets distracted so it can't process the pain signals as much. Ah. So in the end, you actually don't feel it as much. Right. Because you're thinking about what jewel needs to go where or mm -hmm. um, what, you know, bird you're throwing at what pig. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Whatever else you might be doing, you're thinking about that instead of the pain that's the area where the pain is happening. Exactly. Interesting. Well, that and it sounds like that kind of answered my next question in that it doesn't matter what game they're playing. Um, um, I guess a lot of people have studied that. I started to do across game comparisons. Uh, that was going to be my addition to the scientific literature, and at least. I found when I was studying emotions, because I wanted to see if different emotional states would help that pain management or hurt it. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, maybe a horror game would be worse than a very calm video game in a meadow like Flower or, right. or something like that. Uh -huh. And uh, we used the same game and we just programmed different environments in terms of lighting and this music in the background and the creatures that were uh, crawling around to kind of get these emotional states. And it turns out it, it didn't really matter. As long as the person is engaged with the game and is sufficiently distracted by being engaged with the game, it doesn't matter. Interesting. That's fascinating. I know. <laughs> I just love the thought of that, that the immersive nature of games can actually take your pain away. Right. So the idea is the more immersive it is, and the more um, you have to do in the game, the mm -hmm. more you get distracted. Interesting. So what, were you using consoles for this? I was actually using PC. We okay. use Skyrim <laughs> nice. for our study, actually. That, I, was, I was wondering, because I'm idea. like, what, what game would allow you to have like that flexibility in an area of play? Oh, yeah. Skyrim was the perfect yeah. choice. We could change the weather, creatures, AI, mm. environment, right. um, the items that were around the music we could change anything we wanted and best of all bethesda encourages it it's a legal process so right. we didn't have to cross any legal boundaries to do this yeah yeah the open the open world nature of skyrim mm -hmm, exactly yeah. uh, that's awesome so did you guys work with real patients i have not worked with real patients as of yet um 
a lot of the studies I did at UMBC in the pediatric psychology lab, she brought healthy children. Okay. Okay. From the summer camps around and saw the effect in them first. But I do know of many people that did use it with real patients. I've read up quite a bit about it. And a lot of studies will use it for burn patients in particular. Mm, that makes because sense. It's burn dressing and um, mm-hmm. burn wound debridement is such a lengthy and painful process that having a video game is very helpful to those yeah. patients. And they've used it for children and they've also used it for veterans. Oh, interesting. So with the the healthy children, how did you create the pain sensations? There are a couple of different ways to do it. We use something called a cold presser. So what the children ended up doing is they put their hand in very, very cold water. I think it was 32 degrees Fahrenheit, zero degrees Celsius. Yes. Um, And we just see, we examined how long they could hold their hand in the cold water while playing the game. Uh, Okay. Very interesting. When they were playing the game, they were able to hold their hand in the water longer than when they weren't playing a game. Cool. Really? I mean, truly, like, I'm, I, you think about the ramifications of this, like, exactly, the, you know, and how like, something like Oculus Rift, right, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, is going to take this to a very different place. Absolutely. I'm actually hoping to get my hands on one within the year. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. I can imagine, you know, that kind of virtual reality being really beneficial in, in this kind of research. I definitely think so. If immersion has an effect on these phenomenon, with, mm-hmm. you know, with pain management and in a lot of different areas, I would imagine the more immersive it is, the better the effect. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would very much see a correlation there. Huh. Now I'm all kinds of thinking like, you know, you could totally do that for, you know, pediatrics like you're talking about, like anytime the kids get shots. Just mm-hmm. put on a little thing, play game while they're getting their shots and not know that they're... <laughs> what? I did what? <laughs> yeah, a lot of hospitals are now putting in video game consoles in Ooh. children's areas. And yeah. they're really starting to take this research to heart. And it could expand even further beyond that. You could have video games in your dental office while getting a dental checkup. Oh, man, I would love that. That'd Everybody be great. would love going to the dentist for the first time in history. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and you know, and it would cut off that whole like awkward like the dentist tries to talk to you experience. Yeah. Because yeah, you'd be like, you dude, I'm gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about so, to level. Actually, I'm busy here. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more level. One more level. Yeah. <laughs> So after your undergrad and the research assistants, um, what decisions did you make then whenever you uh, pursued your post, the next, the next stage in your education? Uh, what sort of uh, decisions? like um... What you were going to study, I'm sorry. Oh, well, um, like I said, I went to MAGFest and talked to a lot of video game researchers there. And when I applied to UNCC and spoke to some of the professors, I told them my idea that I wanted to continue studying pain research with video games. So I wanted to take what I did in undergrad and expand on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I decided to go that way. And being in the health psychology program, we really focus on uh, exercise and lifestyle and stress reduction. And I thought, well, what if you could use video games to improve exercise and physical activity? And I'm looking at all these different ways that video games could improve health in general. So what are some of the ways you're looking at that right now? Well, it's... 
or just plan beginning. to. <laughs> yeah. Just in the works. Um, I have to get my hands on the equipment. I remember how this goes. It does take like several steps to get to, get to actually doing the research. <laughs> yeah. But I'm essentially planning because I know the people who really need to get out and be physically active, you know, for health reasons or because um, maybe they have a health condition where they can't go outside of the house that often, something along those lines, mm. um, are not really comfortable going to a gym right? necessarily, uh, especially since at least when I go to the gym, you know, you see other people looking at your treadmill, how fast you're going right? There's or how many comparison. pounds you're lifting. There's yeah. uh, a lot of comparison. So if you're a person that really needs it, you might be afraid to go. Mm-hmm. So if you had a video game program that could help you with that exercise and maybe reinforce your behaviors in the game, it could potentially be more helpful for them. So are you guys looking at something like um, the hardware devices like Connect or the Wii so that you're actually doing physical activity that's um, registered by the console? Ideally, yeah. We're going to see if um, maybe there's something we can do with the Oculus Rift okay. in particular. Mm-hmm. And maybe actually connecting it to real exercise devices and seeing well, if we could actually get those to work Oh, together. I see. Okay. So, so this would take Zombies Run to yeah. a whole new level. Ideally, this is yeah. just in the works. We're still working on it. but Yeah, but that'd be it's, fascinating. It's a cool idea, and yeah. it could really help a lot of people if it works out. I would run a lot faster on a treadmill if I could actually see a zombie behind me. Oh, man. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, think about that. Like, yes. If you were on a treadmill and you were trying to run, and like, I hate, I hate everything to do with gyms, pretty much, except pools, perhaps. <laughs> Um, but I hate treadmills. I hate elliptical machines. I hate all of those things because I just, the repetition kills me. The only thing I could do, and it was game-centered, I could do a recumbent bike because I could play Angry Birds or tower defense games or whatever else on, um, at the time it was my iPod Touch, um, instead of like paying attention to what I was doing. And that was the only way I could do like that kind of rote exercise. Um, so I would be very motivated if I was in a game environment, if I had, you know, a virtual reality thing and I could actually see like an eminent threat. I don't know how good it might be for my heart in terms of like stress, <laughs> but it would definitely get my legs moving. Yeah. And I want to try and find a more cardio heavy kind of workout. Right. Um, some of the Wii games you can work out, but it's a little limited mm-hmm. in what you can do. You can get your heart rate up pretty well with the Connect and Dance Central if you um, if you focus really well. <laughs> yes, that's true. I've tried that. Yeah. So be- now, are you guys going to be um, researching with current existing games, or are you going to be trying to develop games based off of um, the different things you learn and, and different parameters that you're taking into the research? It's likely that we'll need to develop okay. a new game. I don't think there's a game out there, but I mean, there is an idea where, you know, the zombies run, we could take something audio already out there and maybe design some visuals around it. Right. That's that's a possibility. Yeah. Cause I'm wondering the, not just only with the success of zombies run, but um, I've mentioned on the show several times, I don't like running at all. Um, When we had the endorphin dude on, he was talking about, 
um, trying to get me into running. And I was so intrigued by this zombies run game. I put it on my iPod and I got on the treadmill and I was like, I can't wait to do this again tomorrow. And what I think about, especially when, while we're talking to you is why did that happen? Right. And for me anyway, Regina hit on it when she was talking about, you know, if I could see the zombie, I have a story in my head Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm role playing that. And that story drove me and they always left it with a cliffhanger uh, to such a degree that the next day I would want to go and find out, you know, how do I get out of this? I'm just wondering about whether or not how much you're going to explore those types of parameters about what's in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Anything reinforcing so story of plot can be very motivating uh getting rewards like achievements achievements for, yeah for running a certain amount of time or to a certain speed or any anything like that to reward you for, for the efforts you're doing yeah yeah that was part of what actually what um endorphin dude uh, tony was talking about as well was playing a mental game with himself where he you know um you know, leveled up with, you know, how many marathons he had done and all that kind of stuff. Like that was part of his thought process to, to work toward his goals, essentially, was to, to frame them in game terms. So. Right. Absolutely. I don't know how the, um, the PhD program works, but do you guys, um, start off with a theory or a thesis when you go into it before you do the research? Depends on what kind of research you're doing. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. I didn't. I went in with um, I want to look at this group of people and in these terms and see what I can find. Okay. Um, But I don't know. Uh, Anne-Marie might be looking at something a little bit more specific. Well, my experience was actually kind of similar as uh, Regina's, where I didn't have a specific thesis. I didn't have a uh, particular hypothesis in mind, but I had a general research idea. Yeah upon coming into the program. And I would say over my first year, I refined that idea into a, a hypothesis. And then my second year, I actually ran the experiment. Cool. Yeah, that's it's it's I think, going in that way with like an idea and an area that you're looking at, and then finding the hypothesis or the, you know, not the hypothesis, but I guess the thesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from doing the research allows you to interpret your research better. Because when you go in, I, I've, I've read many ethnographic, you know, researchers who went in looking for something, um, especially in groups of people um, like young, young women. And when they didn't find it, like they kept trying to push that agenda, like, don't you mm. feel this way? And don't you see it that way? And when they're like, no. You have you have nowhere to go from there. <laughs> right. Sometimes you reach these dead ends. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be careful that you're that you're not preemptively dead ending yourself too with I want you to go down this branch and and they don't go that way. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what are you hoping to do um, with your PhD when you finish the program and, and you you get your diploma? Uh, do you want to continue research or do you want to go into practical ap- application or go into practice? Well, I'm not getting a clinical degree okay. yeah. or anything like that. So I'd be really interested in continuing research. Research is my main passion. It's the only job that I really enjoy doing every day. 
no matter what. And I could see doing for the rest of my life. So I'd love to end up working in a hospital, perhaps, um, doing research with children there with video games or at a research institute or even an academic institution and being a professor as well as researching. Do you want to continue working with children? Uh, Not necessarily. I do really like to help children. I love the benefits and I love bringing them some joy in their lives, especially when they're in a hospital place that's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. So I love that. But I'm open to helping all sorts of populations, um, all sorts of people, even, you know, older adults um, from uh, teenagers, young adults, veterans as well. Veterans. um, I'm interested in helping any population. Have have you looked at, and I had a student an eon ago do a research paper about um, watching funny movies during chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, have you looked at the research about like passive media like that and how, because I, because I, essentially the thrust of her paper was that laughing and laughter helped, you know, the whole process of chemotherapy be more effective um, physically. Um, and then emotionally, of course, they were in better spaces. So I'm wondering if, uh, you've looked at any kind of comparison or looked at studies like that? Yes, some studies do comparisons like that. Mm -hmm. The professor I worked under at UMBC, I believe she did a three-condition study. Uh, One condition was they had no video game, no anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another condition, they either watched a movie or they watched someone else playing the game, but they didn't actually play the game. Oh, okay, interesting. And then the third one was an active condition where they actually played they the game. They were playing, right. And this study and all other studies have shown that active conditions have better pain management um, effects than passive. So oh, better than watching a movie or watching someone else do something. Yeah, that makes sense. I can totally see how how it takes that actual action to to keep people engaged as opposed to passively sort of, uh, it wouldn't keep you out of your mind as much to be passively observing something. Right. I mean, you're only using one sense. You're just watching someone. Right, exactly. And you're hearing what they're doing, but you're not engaging all those other mental processes that are going on when you're actually playing the game. Right, exactly. There's not that level of immersion, as we were talking about before. Yeah, or distraction. Because you need to basically use as much of your attention as possible to maximize the pain management. Right. You're not trying to figure out how to get the, the bird across, you know, to knock out the pigs or you know, any other of <laughs> the games you might be distracting yourself with. With me, it would be Bejeweled, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one's pretty addicting. It is, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, before we close out, I'm going to um, just kind of take it back to a personal level just a little bit. And Marie, what, uh, what would you say your favorite game is? Oh, my favorite game? I would say the Chrono series. Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. and Chrono Cross are probably mm-hmm. my absolute favorites. I've probably played each of them about 10 times. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, I just enjoy dedication. it so much. Yeah. And there's so many different endings that you can just replay it over and over again. It's pretty easy. That's awesome. That's Do awesome. you know why you keep going back to it? I just love a really great story. I love... Okay great story and great characters and I love great music the soundtracks of those games are just phenomenal and anything like that so that's why I enjoy a lot of Final Fantasy games like Final Fantasy 10 anything with that great story element is something Mm -hmm. I enjoy 
Now, I'm not. Are you familiar with the Chronos games, Regina? Uh, only in a, I've read a little bit about them. I haven't played them. Do you um, roll characters in those, Anne Marie? Uh, yeah. So, like a traditional RPG, you play um, a party of characters. There's a main character, and you meet all these other characters along the way that join your group. And it's usually to take down some big evil bad uh, and save the world kind of thing yeah but these games are particularly fun because they involve a time travel aspect right hence chronos right Mm. or dimension travel traveling between parallel universes so it's a totally different new mechanic and um, a really unique story across these two games yeah i think that's what i had been reading an article that was talking about mechanics that were individual to series and i think chronos was coming up as being one of the only games that had that as sort of a set feature of the storytelling and the way you play the game yeah it makes it a really fun experience yeah very cool well, Anne-Marie, we are just really excited to have had you on the show. There's Gamification is, is one of the topics we're interested in. Mm-hmm. And so anytime we hear something uh, new, especially um, in research, the way that you're pursuing things, we, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, so. absolutely. When you, when you get further down the line or you start looking for people to participate or uh, start working on the study, please let us know so we can, we can help you with that. Absolutely. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> oh, I, I remember as a researcher, you don't ever turn down a suggestion. Like, <laughs> I can help you maybe find some people for your study. You don't turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. You know how it is. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks again, Anne, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much for inviting me here today. It was a lot of fun being on the show. <laughs> So this is our wrap segment where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, and playing in the geeky world of pop media. Uh, Regina, what have you been reading lately? Well, I haven't actually started reading it yet because it arrives at my doorstep tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Oh, how exciting. Yes. Redeemed, which is the final book in the House of Night series, arrives tomorrow. Um, it's going to be, you know, the end the end of Zoe Redbird, her character story. I'm curious to see uh, how it ends and uh, what ends up happening with all the stories and these characters that, I mean, this is the 12th book in the series. My goodness. 12 books. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, for me, I w- it would be just like I don't. I wouldn't have anything else to say by <laughs> three. It's like that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. So I'm just waiting for that to arrive. I've been, uh, I'm very close to finishing the one before um, mm-hmm. revealed, um, uh, which I was rereading uh, in anticipation of this one. So, yep. Well, our YA, YA readers and listeners will will be anxious to compare notes with you about it. Yes, I'm sure they will be. So what have you been reading? Well, I got started on the, um, we got a pre-copy of uh, Chicks Dig Gaming from yeah, that Norwegian right. Press. Yeah. And we'll be reviewing it um, in a few weeks. Um, so I've enjoyed starting it and, and reading about uh, other Chicks stories about their, their uh, okay. gaming moments. Yep. Um, I just finished In the Woods with Tana French. And I think this was a, a, I know it was a fairly popular book. My friend recommended it to me. And it's very interesting, the history I have with my friend uh, with recommending books. I either love them or I hate them. And I Mm. hated this book. (laughs) It was well written. Uh It has nothing to do with that. But I just, I just did not like 
uh, the story, the ending was not satisfying to me for the investment of time I put into the book. I didn't get what I wanted out of it. So as a reader, I felt kind of ripped off. Yeah, there was, um, it's actually in a Stephen King novel, and I don't remember which one, but one of the characters says, um, there's good writing, and then there's a good story. And when you have good writing and a good story, you have great literature. Mm. Uh, so sometimes you don't always get <laughs> those yeah. two things together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I know it probably is um, fits the panache of some people, but mm-hmm. it just, it was not enough payoff for me. Yeah. So yep. it was all bad. <laughs> um, but I picked up, uh, while we were at Geek Girl Con, I picked up a copy of uh, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory. Mm-hmm by Caitlin Dowdy. And, uh, that goes along with the sort of my morbid curiosity of things and <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> gruesome and <laughs> depressing stories, I guess. But it is something that absolutely fascinates me. And I love this, uh, young adult woman's view on her, her starting career at a cool. funeral home. It's pretty cool. cool. Interesting. Yeah. That should be interesting. For sure. So what have you been watching? Uh, I have decided for this fall season to be very selective about um, the series that I pick up again, Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of, of course, you know, all the new shows have kicked up. So um, I wasn't particularly happy with Once Upon a Time. Um, As I've talked about, I've really enjoyed that show. And now they have a whole like, um, like Frozen thing that they're doing that they're actually taking from Frozen, like not the, you know, Hans Christian Andersen ice cream stories, but from Frozen. Um, and I'm a little kind of like, why didn't you go back to the original source kind of deal thing? So I'm, I'm just kind of not, I actually talked to Isabella about it and she's watching. So I'm going to let her like vet it for me. Good. And if she, if it gets, if it shows it's, it had some promise she said, but she wasn't sure how it was going to go. So if it looks like it's getting better, I'll pick it back up again. Um, and I was doing that with something else. I can't remember. I've watched a couple of episodes of Revenge, but I'm still kind of on the fence if I'm going to continue with that. There is one show I'm continuing from, um, previous watching, which is Parenthood, uh, which is like a, you know, a soap opera drama. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's in its final season. This is the final season for it. So, um, I felt kind of compelled to, to watch that, but you know, it's a soap opera. So that's lots of continuing stories and people are pregnant and all that kind of crazy stuff. But to fill in some of the shorter amounts of time, because I don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and like watch a whole episode, you know, whole hour long episode of anything. I've been keeping up with the Frankenstein MD series. Oh, I forgot about that. That I we talked about. Write me a post-it note, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. I mean, she is just adorable. The series is really well done. And again, thanks to Isabella, who's apparently keeping my head on straight. Um, I thought it was from, it's being supported by uh, PBS digital. Um, but it's actually from a group called Pemberley digital. And they did another series before Frankenstein called the Lizzie Bennett diaries. Really? Which is about pride and prejudice. And, because, uh, of course, Frankenstein MD is based on Frankenstein. Um, it's 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 great. I'm, I've been loving. I binge watched twice. I've been binge watched kind of like as I've been working and doing other stuff. I've had the Lizzie Bennett Diaries running in the background and they are just adorable. I mean, the the innovation and the way that they're sort of retelling these like, I mean, Pride and Prejudice, Frankenstein. These are some of like our mm-hmm. classic, you know, high level great literature that they're turning into, you know, web series and vlogs and uh, scripted, of course, but they're just fantastic. I mean, it reminds me of the best of what the Guild was 
Um, oh wow! But but with even higher production value, they're yeah, <laughs> they're really they're really well done. They're really very well done. So um, I would suggest checking out both of those. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me because I've com- I completely forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. It's you'll you'll enjoy the Frankenstein, I think, for sure. If you're morbid curiosity, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. Yeah. So what have you been watching? Um, You know, I've been all over the board. I am um, probably 15 minutes from the very last episode of the very last season of True Blood. Oh. Um, Yeah, I'll try to finish that up tonight. And um, it's very interesting. It is. It's kind of a weird season, but. It is. But, I mean, there are some highlights. Maybe maybe I'll... uh, bring up some highlights next next week after I finish the last 15 okay. minutes, but there are two or three things that just made me guffaw out loud. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, that's appropriate. <laughs> it's a list of all the things the fans said, I wish you would do this. Yes. And they did it. Yeah. And yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, I caught uh, some episodes of Jim Henson's creature shop challenge. Cool. Um, that was on uh, Hulu plus and um, definitely we want more, 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 more. Um, I love those creative challenges. Yeah. Um, they put season three of new girl on Netflix and I don't know why, but I'm watching it. (laughs) That's it. That's the other one. I am not, I'm not, I will not, I don't even care if it turns fantastic. I watched all of season three of new girl. I'm not watching that show anymore. I'm so done. I've, I've rarely been more done with a show. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I think, I think I've had some distance and that may be the reason why they've got me back in. That may be. Um, but I am pleased with, uh, the new season of Brooklyn nine, nine got started up again on Fox and I'm really pleased with selfie on ABC. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch that. I watched the pilot. I haven't gotten back to it. Um, but I'm very happy with it. Good. Good. I don't know what they were trashing it about. Yeah, I know. I've heard, you know, I've seen a few people on Twitter and some posts on Facebook about how awful it is or whatnot, but I thought it was kind of innovative. I thought it was cute from the pilot and had a lot of promise. So no, I mean, Considering the actors they have on it, which are are very fun and exciting, uh, talented actors, comedic and and physical actors, they're they're really wonderful. I mean, compared to like Mulaney on Fox, mm-hmm. which I don't even understand how anybody even looked at that and said, "Yeah, we'll do that. Let's do this." Yeah, yeah. And and they cancel Firefly. Mulaney, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I know, I know. The the decisions are. I mean, poor Martin, I mean, Martin Short is, um, it is Martin Short on there, right? Is that right? I don't know, honestly. such a talented comedian. I mean, not even he can raise that thing from Mm. the the depths. That's a bad sign. That's just a bad sign. And, I mean, they're not doing, uh, uh, I know some people are disappointed with um, the mysteries of Laura. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, Deborah Messing is another one of those big, big talents that nobody can seem to do anything with. And, uh, um, I mean, she's a a light in the entire show, but I'm just not sure what they're doing with it. Yeah, I've read, I've read really bad reviews of that, too. And, like I said, I'm not picking up things I don't think I'm going to (laughs) be. Well, well, Laney's on the Brilliant. bottom, though. Everything yeah. up is above that. Yeah, Just... yeah. Um, well, now, did you play anything new at Geek Girl Con? Um, I did not. I, I revisited a couple of games that I have played once before. I got a chance to play uh, Star Trek Catan with Isabella. Oh. And cool. that was the first time she had played Catan at all. 
Oh, that was good. So that was good. That was good um, exposure. Um, and I got to play Sorrow of the Seas, uh, which is a oh, yeah. variation on Sorrow. And Sorrow was the one um, you mentioned it in your video. Please make yeah. sure to go check out the YouTube channel <laughs> and check out the videos that we made from Geek Girl Con. Um, we have links on the site. Uh, the one that they were playing full size yes. on the floor, that's Sorrow. Yes, that's the one I couldn't remember that's the name. you couldn't remember the name of, yeah, so that's yeah. Sorrow. I wasn't tired. <laughs> you didn't have con exhaustion or anything no. like that. <laughs> that was really cool. I stood and watched those guys play for a while. Yeah, I, I was I was watching it, uh, watching people play it too. It looked like it was, I mean, I played the game before, but um, it looked like it was pretty fun to have, you know, have a, an actual interactive walking version of it. So, yeah, so th- that was... Uh, that was what I got a chance to play. I really wanted to try to play Love Letters with you, but um, we unfortunately didn't get a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. I know you and Isabella got in the tournament for that, right? Yeah, it was it was a really great idea. Um, I I hope that next year they kind of expand things and they don't cr- try to cram too many things in one room because mm-hmm. they actually had to turn people away who wanted to play in the tournament. Oh. And um, that just didn't make any sense to me. That just didn't That's have space. Um, but a lot of kids playing. And yeah. pretty much every, everybody in my game, nobody had ever played before. Oh. And um, I was the only one who had played. And it was actually a, a, a different version of the deck than I had played with before. But it was a lot of fun watching everybody learn and learn. catch on. Yeah. It's I love that. an immediate kind of... Uh, community building little moment because it was me and Isabella and two other people I had never met before. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's one of the things that I, I really do love, especially about tabletop gaming, Mm -hmm. board games. Yeah. 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 Um, and Isabella is a quick learner. She, yes, I, I was the bottom of the rung. I, uh, (laughs) which I tell everybody all the time. Yeah. We played, um, we played the coup on, um, on, uh, tabletop international tabletop day we went down to cloud cap in selwood and um and played and i was really impressed with how quickly she had picked that one up too yeah Um, she was one of the last two although i knew she made a fatal mistake at the end and ended up getting decapitated but bummer yeah, that's too bad. It's when your friends get decapitated. Seriously, it's no fun at all. <laughs> well, after you guys left, someone um, generously sat down and taught me magic. Really? You play magic for the first time? The very first time, yes. Oh, my goodness. I how many people have talked to me about it and said, oh, I'll bring my cards and I'll teach you. I'll teach oh, you. And, magic is uh, hard to learn. It's, it's, it's got a steep learning curve. It, it, it really does. And, um, my teacher, I, I'm so sorry. I, I think I mentioned her name on the video and, um, it was an avatar name. I think it was Tokafu and she was so patient and it was a That's very good. good teacher. That's good. Um, but it is an investment. Yeah. Absolutely. It is an investment of time. It is it is your World of Warcraft. It is your war machine. It it is mm-hmm. it is an investment, but absolutely fascinating. I'm so glad I finally finally learned how to play. Yeah, good. That's good. That'll be interesting. I, I'm 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 curious to see how you would do playing Magic. It's uh, there's a lot going on. There's a l- I, yeah. You know, I think I expended all of my complexity juices on Arkham Horror. <laughs> I don't think I could keep up with, yeah. with everything going on in Magic. There's a lot. There's a lot with the different colors of the decks. There's yeah. a lot with what kinds of, you know, there's spells and creatures and, you know, all kinds of different things going on. Magic is, it's 
if you're going to play it and you're going to really enjoy it, you're going to have to invest some time in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people are can be mean. <laughs> yeah, it's an intense game. And if you're investing, a, yeah, it's a dueling game. You know, you're fighting one on one. There's no other real mm-hmm. way to play Magic. You play one on one, so you're you know fighting that other person, and it can yeah. it can get. It can get mean. It can get a little cutthroat. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see if you if you return to it. Nah. <laughs> it's it's definitely it's one of those things like like World of Warcraft or something like that. It's like no, I am not. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, I, I can see myself doing it. Yeah, but it would. Re- I think it would replace everything else for me. Yeah, and I don't want something like that right now. Yeah, it's it's it is kind of an all encompassing, and it's you know subcultured and there's just yeah. a lot that kind of goes on with magic not that i'm not that i'm saying bad things about it necessarily no, i mean no, it's no. a lot of i don't want our listeners to think that i'm like anti-magic or anything um because it can be a lot of fun but it, it is definitely a commitment to learn and to mm-hmm. keep up with it and all that kind of stuff and yeah i don't like the gameplay enough to do that so yeah and when you think about it with uh, with a single deck of cards which is Compared to some board games and computer games, that is a minor expense mm-hmm. for the depth right. and uh, oh, amount and, of gameplay you can get. And out the of replayability it. and oh my gosh. you know the the creativity and building your own deck and you know putting th- putting it together and you know that. I mean, there is a lot. There's a lot of and I, I would I would actually say it, it can get quite expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can get quite expensive. But and what's nice about Magic too is it's one of those games that can travel. It's really easy to put a couple of decks in your backpack when you're going to a con or something like that and you know and pull it out and play as long as you have other you know people willing to play with you. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, yeah. um, listeners, let us know how you've been geeking out. Um, uh, especially if you went to Geek Girl Con and yeah. you learned a new game or uh, discovered a new book or a new author or yeah. a movie or something like that, be sure and let us know um, what you uh, experienced at Geek Girl Con. Um, you can find us all of our social media contacts on our website at gamewomengirl.com. I'm your co host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can find me on Twitter at Rowroom, that's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M, or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And uh, for those of you who who are Twitter people, you notice I tweet quite a bit when I'm at a con. And that's, <laughs> that's usually my, my Twitter thing, is mm-hmm. cons. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And my Twitter is DocLiz with two Zs. And you can find me in a bunch of other places with at DocLiz as well. Uh, many, many thanks to Anne-Marie Porter for joining us on the show. Uh, I'm really excited to see where her research goes and to yeah. see kind of some of the outcomes of, of the research that she's doing. I think it's really fascinating and really interesting and intriguing stuff. So I'd be excited to see what happens with that. So what do we have for next events, Rhonda? Do we have anything uh, new coming up? Well, I actually was flipping through my calendar thinking that I was done for the year and <laughs> uh, noticed that I had discovered that there is a North Carolina Comic-Con in Durham Oh wow! Uh, in November. Wow. And that is like an hour and a half away. And I'm like, hey, day trip. Nice. Very so nice. So I may, yeah, I may go out there because um, went had a couple of just really good panels at geek girl con about comic books and i've been reading a couple books at home about comic books Mm -hmm. and 
that is really a lot more of an investment of time and money I'm making instead of magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> I can support that decision. <laughs> yeah, really, really enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's there aren't too many movies coming out. Um, if anybody has seen the trailer for John Wick, um, it, it, it looks really bad. <laughs> but it has Keanu, Keanu Reeves in it, and so I'm going to see it. And, and I haven't seen him do an action flick in a really long time. I think yeah. he did have one out recently where he was like a samurai warrior or something, but I didn't see that mm. um, because I, of all sins, no, as a geek, I do not necessarily like uh, samurai movies and stuff like that. But, right. um, but John Wick is, of course, an assassin whose wife dies and he goes to get revenge. And I'm a sucker. <laughs> For the for the brooding for the brooding <laughs> brooding killer <laughs> the brooding killer. I'm not really sure but, what that says about you, Ro. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so doomed. My husband. Oh well. Uh, and everybody I know is anxiously awaiting for um, Constantine to uh, premiere on NBC and to wait and see what they do with it. Our, yeah. our hopes are high. Yes. Our hopes yeah. are really high. I, I'm, I'm already bummed because he doesn't smoke, but we'll see what they do with it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a character thing. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's just his fatalistic view of life and mm-hmm. that idea that he chain smokes is symbolic. <laughs> so anyway, that's it right now. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. You can also stream us on the Radio Fubar Network and All Games Network if you are looking for a live place to stream Game on Girl. Uh, they have our RSS feed and have our show pre uh, available for you to listen to on those sites as well. So make sure to check them out. They have a bunch of great podcasts as well on both of those sites that you should check out. Uh, These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website at gameungirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, um, and his birthday is this weekend. Uh, So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. Happy birthday, Ryan. (laughs) Our theme song, Good Day, is by Triple Fox and is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on!